if I ever submit you, I promise, I, I, I'm going to have to ask right now that you just don't, don't use whatever I do immediately after that to judge my overall character. Okay, fair Cause enough. Because I, I, if I do that, I might stand up and just start screaming and I may say things to you that you're like, where is that coming from? And I don't know where it's coming from either, but I will have so much adrenaline flowing through me that the animal that comes out. I'm not responsible for fair his enough. actions. That's fair. That's fair. They're just about 10 to 15 seconds. All right. Now, if that sets like a one, two, three years, me just going off the rails. <laughs> okay. Then, then, all right, fair then, enough. then that's on me. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Just Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I'm Andrew Desimone with... Croiler Gracie. You know, I realized I'm so bad at introducing... You're horrible, introducing but that's okay, because I'm not any better, so... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I did it last episode. I'm not sure I did it the one before, but we'll just do it again. I'm Andrew Desimone, and you are... Croiler Gracie. I'm Andrew Desimone, and you are... Croiler Gracie. Cool. I'm Croiler Gracie, and you are... Uh, you're a smart guy <laughs> today's episode is on butterfly guard yep. you are a fan of butterfly guard i, I am you talk about it and i assume that's why you have that butterfly tattoo on your right hand between your thumb <laughs> and and index finger it's just right there it's a little colorful butterfly is that because you like butterfly I guard i don't actually know that there's a tattoo there <laughs> Maybe, oh, left hand, sorry. Left hand, I don't know there's one there either. I'm glad we both checked, though, just now, just to be sure. Okay, when I, all right, that must have just been, what, what do you call the temporary tattoos? Hannah tattoos? Yes. Yeah, no, I, I've never had a Hannah tattoo. Okay. I almost said a hentai tattoo, but that's, that's I think that's something very else. different. <laughs> Anyways, Butterfly Guard is a series that we just came off a month, two months ago? Yeah, about two months ago we stopped it, yeah. And we, how many months did we spend on it? Eight, nine, ten, something like that. Weeks. Months. It was eight, nine, a month yeah. on Butterfly? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we did... We did Lasso first. We did, yes, and well, and we were doing the Attacking Butterfly, and then we did Passing, passing Butterfly. Right, right, yeah. I really enjoyed that series because Butterfly... Is great for my style, my size, mm-hmm. where you can create leverage to take get these big people right. and lift them up. I was really surprised I could take a guy who's 200 pounds, and if I just get my feet underneath them, and then I am able to position my hips underneath them, mm-hmm. I can lift them up. And it's something that I would never imagine. I never would think I could do because I I don't I can't squat a lot. Right. I I don't I can't lift much weight. Me neither. Yeah, but this is a fantastic guard that I, I enjoyed a lot. What do you like so much about it? Well, I think I think butterfly guard is, for me, it's fun. It's a fun dynamic guard because the problem with a lot of guards is you get to a position and it's very static. You get there and you're fighting for this one thing. Like you need this one grip, this one position. And then you advance a step further and then you fight for that one step forever where the butterfly is so fluid, it's so 
fast to transitioning from one one attack pattern to another, sweeping one direction versus another, attacking one limb versus the other. It, it, it's just fun for me because I, to me, like the most boring matches are the 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 roles and the practices and the the people I grapple with that I hate the most are not the guys that are better. Are the guys that just fight for the sake of fighting? You know, like if I grab your sleeve. And you're pulling your sleeve back, and I pull your sleeve back, and we're both just muscling out. To me, that's not jujitsu, and and I think butterfly guard takes that out of the equation because if I don't have that grip, that's okay. It takes no effort on my end to just change directions and change approaches. It just becomes a very dynamic, very fluid guard for me. When did you first start adapting butterfly guard? When did you first see it? When when did you start to use it in your game? I I don't know that there was a definite point where I was like, ooh butterfly guard i think i think first it happened on its own um i kind of just ended up getting close to it and forcing myself there um and then i started practicing the basic butterfly guard sweep which is kind of iconic and then i started you know looking at troubleshooting gets permission you know i don't think i've ever sat down with anybody and had somebody walk me through the techniques in butterfly um I've I've seen people do things. I've seen matches. I've I've studied matches like we talked about in the previous episode, like like looking back at old footage of Hajar, right? So I, I I've I studied a lot, but um, a lot of it was just um, autodact. You know, like I'm gonna try this, and if it fails, why did it fail? What can I do about it? How can I make it better? Prevent it from happening, and that went on for years until I developed a pretty solid butterfly guard. When did Butterfly Guard make its? Um, when did it become prominent in jujitsu? When did it start? The, to the make Butterfly Guard we know today was in the '90s, but um, originally, so like we talked about evolution of guard a couple episodes ago. You know, once people opened their guard, the approach was like to go de la Hiva, to go half, and then some people started using certain hooks behind the knee while the opponent was standing, sometimes with one leg up and tried to sweep him, like a very early prehistoric style butterfly guard. <laughs> and um, there was a guy in the 80s, um, Sergio Bolon, Ballon, something like that. I, I forget his, I forget, that was his nickname, I forget his last name. But he uh, he was real big into it, him and others. Um, a lot of Carlson Greasy senior guys were, were good at that stuff. Um, because the butterfly guard is a, a very powerful tool against smash passers, and they were smash passers, like we talked about on the Delahiva episode. So the the hooking and lifting became very prominent there. But it wasn't until the 90s where guys like Nino, guys like Nino Shambri, guys like Hanzo Gracie, uh, Margarita, and others really started employing the butterfly guard why why did they employ that because butterfly guard was the first guard to turn sweeping concepts on its head generally speaking um, to sweep somebody you create a pivot point you all create an off balance and you throw them past that pivot point so in butterfly guard was the first guard to say what if i become the pivot point and I create a lift. So I'm not looking to tip, so to speak, my opponent into a position. I'm looking to lift them and have them fall. So 
if we're using those examples of the pivot points, a traditional sweep or the traditional concept, would you say, let's go to a scissor sweep. Mm -hmm. You create the pivot point, which is uh, like the opponent's knee. knee, And then your shin on their hip is pushing them over that point. Right. The difference with butterfly, I am now lifting them up and making, that's making me the, the, the pivot, pivot point. point. Right. And then okay. they're suspended, right? And mm-hmm. and the sweep then becomes just letting them fall. Right. <laughs> you know, and it was a completely different approach. So instead of looking to tip the opponent, you're looking to make the opponent fall. And and and, and that was the first guard to really take that approach to sweeping. And it was very, very powerful, but very, very interesting. And it was very, um, you know, uh, Margarita, Hansel Gracie, Nino Shambri, um, I'm sure there was others, and they'll come to mind, that were just wrecking the competition scene in the 90s with it because it, it, people didn't, didn't, didn't know how to handle it. You know, the, the old adage in, you know, not getting swept, keep a strong base, you know, strong posture so you don't get, you know, you don't get swept. That's all great and good because I'm not moving you over your body anymore. I'm now moving all of you over my body. Right. And, and and then it doesn't matter how rigid you are. In fact, the more rigid you are, the easier it is to pick you up, right? And it became this um, completely different approach to guard. Um, yeah, so I, I like it because it's dynamic. I like it because it's effective. It's something I can use to, on bigger guys. It's something I can use on smaller guys. Um, I can chain attacks very easily. I can transition to other guards that I like to do, like half and closed. Um, lasso it's very it's a good transition point for me we can go into x like we're doing in class now so not only is a dynamic guard in and of its own attacks and its own sweeps it's also dynamic guard in the sense of i can transition to other guards very very easily with very very minimal effort let's just start with exactly what butterfly is it's when you're on your back opponents sitting down and you get tops of your feet right underneath the butt Right. Between like right. between like under the groin, under the butt, right. and your shins are on, your knees are spread apart. Right. You start you, off there. Ideally, you'd be sitting, but yes. Sitting, yes. Right. What's the first initiation? Are you trying to pull them on top of you at that point? No. So, so the first thing there is because the guard is is an open guard, right? Because you don't have that direct control over the hips. The first thing that's important is to establish control. Okay. In a closed guard, your legs are on the guy's hips. You you already have a very strong baseline level control. In an, in a butterfly guard, the guy can just get up and walk away, and I mean, like there's no there's no control there, right? So the first thing is to establish control, um, and, and by that I mean ability to control distance, like we talked about, distance being the space between you and the opponent, the ability to control height. Meaning the ability, uh, meaning the distance between the floor and the opponent, right? Um, the ability to control posture and the ability to control the inside of the butterfly with your grips. So the grip fighting becomes very efficient, very important. That which we talked about control before with with the grip fighting and stuff. So the the first thing I teach, and I think we did this in class, was understanding range, meaning distance uh, between us and the opponent. Uh, understanding height, not allowing our opponents to be so far above us, or if they are, that they're being punished. Why is that an important part of it? Um, well, it, 
there's two two issues, right? So if an opponent, let's talk about distance first. If opponent is too far away from you, it means you don't have hooks in, right? You can't do anything then. If the opponent's too close to you, meaning your heels are close to your butt, your leg has no mechanical working range. So that's the first issue there. And that's where you get crowded and smashed and stuff. And if the opponent's far away to where you don't have hooks, then you don't have butterfly guard. <laughs> or you, the farther away they are. The weaker your legs get. Right. right, right. And then the height issue is the same, right? So the height issue is if the opponent is too close to the ground, his head is below your head, lifting him becomes very, very tough, okay? Because he is closer to the ground than you are. Think of like a double leg. It's impossible to get a successful double leg where your head is above the opponent's head. It's just not gonna work, right? Mm -hmm. Their hips are too low. Same thing here in butterfly. But the same issue comes up if the opponent is so far above you that he's staying up. Then at that point, your legs don't have to reach and, and then the guard fails. So butterfly guard works by keeping the opponent in that sweet spot between the end of the beginning of the working range and distance and the end of the working range and distance and the beginning of the working range in height and the end of, that's the sweet spot we wanna be. Um, so having that ability to control that is, is crucial. You know? So if you're trying to find that sweet spot, do you wanna have kind of your eye line, your, your forehead in their chest? Is that the area you're looking? Well, you don't have to have it touching, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I always like to keep my head, the crown of my head um, at or below their chin, but not below their armpit. Okay. Because then they're trying to get too tall then, you know, then you get like... And the lower you get, it'd probably be easier for them just to stack you, push Send you down. Up, push, yeah. right, guillotine, all sorts of different things. So um, so I try to keep my head between their jaw and their armpit. Okay. The top of their armpit. And then do you go from there under hooks? Is that your first way of controlling? My, my personal? Mm -hmm. um, it depends. Um, if If the person is erratic, meaning they're looking to you know, do like a blitz style pass where they're trying to out, out speed, out angle, out maneuver, then I, I get a collar grip and I put my knuckles right in the collarbone because that gives me a frame. And anytime that they try to beat my legs and I can't keep up, the frame will slow them down and then my legs can employ, you know, their, their ability. If it's somebody who's a little bit more experienced and somebody who's not looking necessarily to blitz me, but more to, you know, do like the blob and just take a little bit by little bit and get further like it's like a slow moving train that i know i'm gonna have a hard time stopping then i do look for my underhooks because the difference there is the stance on the collar grip is a more passive stance meaning i'm expecting you to try to do something and i will punish you for doing those things where the underhook approach becomes more of I'm going to attack you and see how you react to it. Well, and the collar grip is only really controlling in one way where Correct. you can keep them away. Right. Not necessarily. Well, you can... You can I, pull them in, but not, not super effectively. Right. And the under the underhooks, that's going to fully secure them to you. Right. And the reason I like that is because often when I'm going for butterfly guard, I'm trying to get underneath them, and that helps right. me... Right. Just lift them up just enough to kind of slide my feet yeah. and then my hips underneath. Right. The underhook almost guarantees the lift. It, the underhook almost 100% of the time 
guarantees that you are in that sweet spot of distance and height, right? So if mm-hmm. you can get there, absolutely, it's a phenomenal way to go. Okay. The problem sometimes is if you get a guy who's a spaz, who's super fast, and he's trying to just create action and try to beat you on a scramble, um, that fight to get there is tough. So it's easier to grab a collar, which to me is like when I hand somebody a rope and I just watch them, you know, strangle themselves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it, it's just different approaches. And I, and I do both. There's no particular body type style that makes me go in one way or another is really the tempo and the personality of the person I'm grappling with. If I'm with someone who I feel right off the bat is very stiff and rigid, that that seems like a, I'm always yes. like, oh, I should try first things first. I should go butterfly guard on this person. Yeah. If they're stiff, why not? Because <laughs> it's easy. It's just easier to move yeah. that type of person. Well, for it, me. Cre- it creates It creates a... Again, as long as you're in that sweet spot, right, of the distance and height, it creates it creates so many opportunities for creativity and different attacks and different angles that if somebody is stiff, somebody is slow moving or things like that, you can really punish them, you know, really, really take advantage of them. So in our progression, you make sure that you're below the opponent, you're close, but not so close that they're smothering you. You have a couple options with, with the hands. Let's say you go under hooks. For the person listening who's not familiar with butter, with butterfly guard, what what are you doing to get this larger person in the air? Because they might th- listen as a can go. I'm 130 pounds. Right. How am I getting a 200 pound guy up? So it, it depends. If you're looking for just a traditional butterfly sweep, like the iconic butterfly sweep, um, once I have an underhook, then my free hand goes to forearm to the opponent's forearm to the side I want to sweep. Right, so if I have my left underhook, I'm gonna sweep to my right side. Okay, so then my right hand would grab the opponent's forearm. And my goal with that hand in a perfect world would be to take that hand and push their forearm through to their hip, near their belly button. Because what I'm doing there is I'm eliminating the only limb they have to post in a direction that they're being swept. And so once I have that and I have the underhook, they don't have an ability to stop me from rolling them. Right. So at that point, I start looking into how can I take them off balance. And most people, or at least people used to a lot, they don't do as much anymore, thank God, but they used to fall back flat and then look to kick the opponent over as they're falling flat to their back. You should fall with your shoulder that's controlling their hand as close to that same side knee as possible. So, so they would go flat. They would fall flat. They'll pull the opponent on top of them and then kick the leg because their fall would create momentum and their opponent would come up on top of them and then they would kick the the butterfly hook and get on top. And it is powerful, but it's inefficient. You know, if it fails, the opponent's on top. It takes way more energy to do that than anything else. Um, Instead, uh, you know, if if you have the underhook and you have the hand controlled, once you push their hand into their belly, you should take that same side, in our example, the right shoulder, the right hand controlling the wrist, the right shoulder, and drop it as close to your right knee as possible on the mat. And as soon as you drop, now there's an off balance to the side, right? And then you should start extending um, your left hook, left butterfly hook to the ceiling. And what that's going to do is going to tip the opponent over their left knee. We're going to lift them above their left knee, and they're going to fall using the right leg, to then push yourself up on top. 
like you said, one of the nice things about Butterfly is it's just so versatile that you have an endless amount of roads you can choose. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of sweeps. From those sweeps, there are a lot of submissions. What's a good way to stop Butterfly Guard? To stop Butterfly? Right. Oh, well, shit. Well, no. you know what? <laughs> At, we could kind of use some of the principles of our last episode and figure out, like you talked about defending an armbar, what are the things you have to do right. for the armbar? So work your way backwards. So you could work. I, I'll use our own methods, and you guys can listen to me work our way backwards through this. So if you're fighting the butterfly, let's say the traditional sweep, I want to make sure that I'm lower than my opponent. Right. I want to make sure that I'm farther away right. or very close to them. Correct. And also, oh man, what was the third? Was the so other? at this point, you've you've uh, defended the position. Mm-hmm. Right. So they won't lifting becomes super tough. It's very hard to lift somebody beneath you, b- below you, and it's very hard to to have any power, any any working power, if you're far away or too close. So you've defeated, you've defended the sweep, but you have not passed, which in this case would be the escape of the position. Right. You have not freed your arm, and you have not been able to switch the tempo from you defending to you attacking. Mm-hmm. So the escape then would be getting out of that threat. So how could we get out of that threat? Because we've eliminated the threat, tempor- uh, temporarily eliminated the threat. Mm-hmm. How do we escape the threat? What is needed? Okay. Go on. Let's see it. To escape it. So I'm low. Yes. I'm pushing back. So they can't lift me. I would want to control control the knees. Well, you, the first is you'd have to, to break the grip, right? You'd have to free your hand. Oh, yes, that's right. They have my hand. So right. I'm going to have to free that. Right. Remember, their arm is only so long, too. If mm-hmm. you start getting too far away, sometimes the grip itself becomes inefficient and they'll let go of the grip, you know, or you can pummel out or pummel in and get the, the hand out. But let's say you break the grip. Let's say I break it. Let's say I'm just incredibly strong and I just have to roll my wrist once and you're out, right? Their hand crumbles. I'm out. Now I could just stand up at this point. There, there's nothing right. keeping us together. Or flatten them. Or flatten them. All right, so that's pretty easy. It, it just, and then you take that approach and you go out and you try it and see what happens, right? And what's going to happen is as you deconstruct their ability to attack you, as you stop them earlier and earlier on, if they're good, they're going to switch approaches and take advantage of your actions. If they're not very good or not very experienced, then they will crumble under that. Take advantage of my actions. So if I'm using, if I'm doing the same defense. They go, okay, he's just going to stand up. And then as soon as I stand up, they can switch to axe guard. Or right, something. whatever else, right. Okay. What if I fail to shut down the steps that lead to the lift, and now I'm in the air? Right. And I'm just floating above them for a for Yeah, we, a we talked about how to beat that. I, I know, but these people weren't here. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, these people aren't here now. They're listening somewhere They are else. always here. Hey, they're always right here. Where, where, where are you I'm touching my chest right now? Sure. My, my heart right now. Okay. <laughs> um, no, so so if you get lifted, right, then you can still apply the same concepts, right, the same principles. So I'm lifted, meaning I cannot beat his height. I cannot beat X, the, the distance, right? So you, I cannot beat my distance between him and I, and I cannot beat his height control. I'm already in the air. At this point, I probably don't have my hand to post on anyways because... If I'm lifted, I'm off balance, right? So then it becomes a matter of, okay, what is needed to finish the sweep, right? He's needing to take my, if he's using his left hand underhook, 
is going to be his left butterfly hook lifting. He's going to need to take my left, uh, using his left hook to take my right knee above my hip. Right. Once that happens, I fall. Mm. Right. So if I know that, if I know that once my right knee gets above my hip, I will tip over and fall. I need to find a way to stop my right knee from being lifted above my hip. And one way of doing that is by pulling your left leg, your opposite leg up and driving the target, his target leg down to the mat. And once you lift one knee and drop the target knee, then the butterfly loses its power. Okay. Well, the butterfly sweep, that particular sweep loses its power. Right. Is the butterfly guard, is that something that new people should wait to get into? Is is it too complex or would you recommend if, if it's something that looks like it could suit your style, give it a try as soon as you you want to? That's a loaded question. That's uh, the only kind I ask. <laughs> uh, okay. So to me, if... Because um, there are so many things out there that we, as a new person you see on YouTube and you're like, I'm going to try this. And you see someone come in to the gym and they're trying out this elaborate stuff and you think, maybe just start off with basics. Is this one of those? Well, well, technically, to me, butterfly is considered a very fundamental guard. Like you close guard, half guard, butterfly guard, like those are fundamentals. Like you have to have those in order to be successful in jujitsu. But I think of those three guards I just mentioned, it is the most advanced of them. I think it's much easier for a beginner to work half guard or to work close guard than it is to work butterfly guard simply because of those three butterfly guard is the only open guard right and and the immediate lack of control can cause you to be unsuccessful or sloppy um so no i I would prefer if i were to build like if i were to take uh, the perfect white belt right i would develop a close guard that is efficient that is threatening that is dynamic and um, I would then work on um, half guard and make their half guard dynamic and dangerous and threatening. And I would bridge the gap between closed and half with butterfly in that order though. So closed, half, butterfly. And then once those three are pretty solid, then we can go into more advanced guards. Lasso, spider, shin on shin, koala, 50-50, X, etc. Mm-hmm. So, um, it is more on the fundamental side than it is on the advanced side, but it's still, I think, too advanced for a brand new white belt to start learning. You are a chemist, so you mentioned creating the perfect white belt. Is that something that you're working on? Are you are you working <laughs> in your lab at creating uh, a um, genetically perfect white belt? If I if I could, I mean, obviously, you'd be a perfect jujitsu like black belt it'd be weird if you're just trying to create like the perfect white belt that's and it, that's right. it that's it right they end there that's and, then, right. yeah. and then i kill them right <laughs> <laughs> and then that's all i needed them for <laughs> no um well I, I try to with all my students my my goal with all my students is not to make them win a tournament is not to make them better than somebody else at class it's it's to make them better than me um so I'm I'm looking to make my students I will succeed the day that you guys can submit me and I won't be upset like if somebody if one of you guys ever taps me I will be happy because it's the first day I was successful because I just fail all the time 
you know. Well, we've already discussed how this would go if if I'm the one to yeah to get the tap. Yeah, you did mention that you would like scream profanities and say mean things. To I, me. I I'm not saying I do that. I just I'm saying I don't know when a man has a ton of adrenaline rushing through the body. <laughs> Drastic things are done. Is that right? I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You hear of like old people lifting cars when to they save, have to, like kids. Yeah. What you're saying is like tapping me would make you like scream profanities and say mean and ugly. Yeah, shit if to me. if I saw a child underneath a car and I saw you like uh, like a perfect opportunity to choke you, uh-huh. I'm running. I'm running to that. To you to choke every time. I mean, there are a lot of kids in this world, okay. so there aren't a lot of opportunities to choke you. I would be disappointed if you did something else. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, all right, ba- back on topic. All right, back on all topic. Right. Let's take a couple Adderall and get back back to this. Uh, who are guys that are experts? So Wardzinski is currently the guy bringing Butterfly Guard back. Um, so if we look at like the timeline for Butterfly Guard. Right at some point in the '80s, people were experimenting with rudimentary forms. In the '90s, you have Hanzo, you know, Chambry, Margarita, and a few others tearing up the competition scene. Marcel Garcia comes in soon after that, maybe '95, '96, and Marcel Garcia is also the guy that created X Guard. So um, Marcel Garcia is probably the the most iconic butterfly person because he did butterfly gi, he did it without the gi. He set up, uh, Marcel Garcia is known for, for guillotining people, gi or no gi, and he uh, he sets them up from Butterfly, and he's very aggressive, very powerful with them, um, arguably one of the best of all time. Is Butterfly better, gi or no gi? Is it... I, I think it translates very well to both. Okay. Yeah, I think you can do it, gi no gi, it doesn't make a difference. Okay. Um, the, the Marcel Garcia, you know, retired at some point, 2000s, and I think became a lull like you didn't see a guy a shining star with butterfly guard since then because marcel was just he was so his, he, he shined so bright in his execution of butterfly guard in conjunction with his ex that like like you you couldn't deny the x guard was a gigantic tool because he was out there and he was just demolishing people with it um and then like I said, there's a lull. People transition more to De La Hiva. They went back to De La Hiva Guard because it wasn't as common, right? They started doing reverse De La Hiva. They started doing straight to X, skipping the butterfly, and, and so on. And then it wasn't until, I think, last year, the year before, that Adam Wartzinski, I think he's from Europe somewhere. Um, I want to say Finland. I could be wrong. Somebody correct me. Um, but um, Adam is, like, he's got the perfect... The most perfect butterfly body out there you know um marcello is short with gigantically strong legs and butterfly worked for him but generally speaking which makes it more even even more impressive that right, he was able to, to, to have so much success right where wardzinski is you know i don't know how tall he is i would say he's probably six five or six six Oh, and I think so I think hard. I don't know I have no idea how tall he is but but that's my guess from looking looking at him against other guys in his weight class. And he's probably out of the six foot something. He's probably eight foot of legs. Like, it's like he's... <laughs> Does that math add up? Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm not a math like, guy. I'm it's like he doesn't have like a torso. It's just like armpits, legs, you know. <laughs> um, and he he is able to, you know, bring it back, essentially start employing Butterfly Guard. And I think 
not only is he good at it, he's definitely good with his butterfly. His stuff is very slick, um, very good timing, very good movement. But I think his body is just perfect for it. And uh, then you have this perfect body with very, very good high-level understanding of butterfly. And it's very tough to beat him. So is what's he doing with guys with, with butterfly? Is he using it mainly just to sweep and then get to a... Mostly to sweep. Okay. So so he sweeps a lot to mount. You know, he's a competitor. He's looking for points. Don't get me wrong. He does submit people. But um, a lot of his sweeps are to get to side mount. And he gets to side and he kind of scores his points, starts attacking from there. If he sweeps and somebody fights too much, then he'll transition into submission or things like that. Um, one thing that Wardzinski has done that I think is very underrated in the butterfly guard um, concept, and it's something I had to go back and kind of restudy before we started our butterfly series, is where Marcelo was, his Marcelo's timing and his uh, understanding and ability to manage distance and height was so good that he never had to deal with this, or at least it wasn't very common for him to deal with this. Wardzinski may not have, may not be as sharp with his butterfly as Marcelo was. Um, you know, no, no knock on Wardzinski. It's just Marcelo is just one of the best ever. Um, but he's got this, he's got this, um, he, he has this concept, right? So remember in the beginning to bring it all together, we talked about butterfly being the first guard to say, we're going to lift our opponent and then we're going to make them fall versus I'm going to create a, a, a fulcrum and, and tip the opponent over that fulcrum and create a pivot point and tip them over the, to that pivot point, right? Um, he actually does not care if people post during his butterfly sweep. So he just goes for it. He's got huge height in his legs, you know? Mm-hmm. So for him, if he sweeps you and you post, that's okay. Now... The Jen. post. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say the post doesn't. For most of us, that stop stops it, right? the progression. Right. But what he does then is with his height, it's not that he's just able to kick people over that post. He holds them in the air and he brings their hips that are in the air, suspended in the air, above their hand. <laughs> oh. So he doesn't care if you post. He just brings your hips close to your hand, and then your hand is worthless and then you fall over your hand anyways. So that is something very cool because he's taking the idea of, okay, the reason why the post works is because I cannot lift that knee above their hip. Mm-hmm. Right. That's great. What if I can take their whole hip and move it over their hand? <laughs> How do you stop or defend that? So it's very tough, right? Um, generally speaking, a lot of guys will, don't. <laughs> yeah, they don't. I mean, I don't think anybody's been, consistently successful against him and stopping it most people now are pulling guard on him or they're avoiding butterfly all around um, which is again it's part of strategy right if i if i know you're very good at butterfly i'm going to do whatever i can to not let you get into your game but wardzinski right now is probably the best butterfly guard currently competing um, in the world but you know even with as much su- success as he is he's also a huge dude and he will never shine as bright as Marcelo in the aspect of butterfly guard. To be fair, I don't think anybody will. That is probably a good spot to end this episode. I think you should get that tattoo again. (laughs) 
you only had it for a, a month or two, but I, I, you got a lot of compliments. I didn't have it for a month or two. <laughs> People just said it kind of, it, it was very colorful. Brought out my eyes. Brought out the color of your eyes. <laughs> you were tanning a lot at that time too, so it popped more. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Uh, I think that's when your hair was, you had frosted tips also. Really? Yeah. I don't remember right that. Are you sure you're not like? It was it was right after you got the uh, the stud uh, in your okay, left wow. nostril. Oh goddamn! I don't remember any of this. This must have been some dark times. It was a rough 2018 for you. You're not. You don't remember most. Of no, it. I must have repressed all of that. <laughs> I'll try to find some pictures and, and post them. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for this week. We will see everyone next week. Bye. Bye. Let the photoshopping begin. Oh my god. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or check us out on Facebook at Just Jiu Jitsu Podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer, please send an email to Just Jiu Jitsu Podcast at gmail.com. And lastly, if you have nothing else to do, you could check out the Grappling Dads podcast. I mean, I definitely wouldn't recommend it, but it's something you could do. All right, so we will see you guys next week. Bye.